This week's episode of Downsizing is brought to you by Lobster Rolls. Lobster Rolls, the gentleman's way of eating bugs. Hello and welcome to Downsizing, the only podcast that qualifies as an advanced interrogation tool. I'm your host, the human laundry hamper, Tim Down. So right off the bat, um, before we get into the meat of this episode, um, just something that I came across before I started recording. Um, so, uh, spoiler alert, I guess, for the end of the podcast. Um, the ending song is by Stan Rogers. And if you don't know who Stan Rogers is, I guess your your dad didn't didn't tell you about him. Uh, but he's like a, he's like a Canadian. He well, he was a Canadian. Um, singer songwriter type guy big shanty dude um and i knew he died young um but i couldn't remember how young and uh he I mean, he looks like a you know a little bit of a an older guy but i you know people look different back then so i don't know if he was just you know a really uh mature looking 22 year old um, but I looked him up and the first date range that I saw was 1970 to 1983. And I'm ashamed to admit that the first thought that popped into my head was, holy shit, Stan Rogers was 13 when he died. Um, and that's obviously, uh, not the case. He was 33 when he died. Um, 1970 to 1983 were the years that he was active in his, in his career. Um, so, you know, w- once again, your boy's a, your boy's a fucking idiot. But as I said last week, this week is going to be a little recap of the Halifax trip that I went on with my girlfriend. Um, I'm just going to give you the highlights, I think, cause obviously, um, you know, if I tell you every little thing that I did and every little place that I walked to, this would be, uh, too long too long of a podcast and it's probably already going to be that way anyway. So uh, we're going to go day by day, um, you know, kind of ease into things. Um, and, uh, we'll start with day one. So day one was the day that we flew to Halifax. Um, it was a way shorter flight than I was anticipating. I'm used to like three or four hour flights. It was an hour and a half on a little, uh, propeller plane, which is very nice, but, it, we had kind of an in, well, what I thought might turn into an incident, but it was ultimately fine. Um, we were walking down, you know, through the plane to get to our seats, and we got to them, and there was a woman sitting in one of them, uh, holding like a toddler, and we we're like, oh, and I, I was prepared for some kind of like shitty argument, but I started off with the classic, you know, oh, I'm sorry, I think there might be a bit of a mix-up. Uh, these are our seats. And she said, yeah, I'm sorry. I just, I wanted to, to clean up uh, the mess that he made. And I was like, huh? And I looked and there was just cake all over the floor. And, and I don't mean that, like, like it looks like he ripped it up like a piece of paper and just like, crumpled it and then threw it all over the ground. And he was in the seat behind us. So genuinely, I don't know how this happened. Like, he was crying and upset. So clearly he threw it. But I don't know if he, like, threw it up and over, like, <laughs> like a volley of cake. But it was all over the floor. And I was kind of like, but it's, I don't really 
it's okay. Like, I don't really care that much. Like, if it's just on the floor, like, you know, whatever. But there was a bit of chocolate on the seat. So she's like, I'll just, I'll just wipe it down. So I'm like, okay, no problem. She just comes back with napkins, wipes it up. And she's like, I'm really sorry again. And I'm like, it's no big deal. I'll be doing the same thing, uh, you know, in a couple of minutes. Meaning crying. Because the kid was crying. I'm like, I'll be, you know, lighten the mood. I'll be crying when we're in the air. But she just looked at me and went, wiping your seat? And then I was like, no, crying. But I really should have just went with it. Because the idea that to a stranger, I'd go, yeah, well, don't worry about it. Because I'm going to piss my pants on this flight anyway. Um that would be uh, that'd be something. Now, um, nothing really happened in the flight. I did a Sudoku puzzle. Uh, you know, chatted with my girlfriend. Uh, did not get a drink because they missed us, which I was pretty upset about. But that's neither uh, here nor there. Um, so we, the Airbnb that we picked was really nice. Um, I'll get into it a bit more later on, I guess. Um, but it was outside of the city. It was like a maybe a 15, 20-minute drive-ish. Or, yeah, about that. Um, and we only rented a car for the middle of our trip. Because to rent a car for the full week it was like $1,200. Not worth it. Um, so we just got it for a couple days in the middle for the things we wanted to do, you know, further outside of Halifax. So from the airport, we Ubered to our Airbnb, then went to go get some groceries because we didn't want to just eat out for every single meal. Um, so we went to go get some food. And so we went to the closest grocery store, which was not in Halifax. It was in a town called Spryfield, which is close to Halifax. And I just started to get, like, it felt weird. So the first thing I noticed, we get out of the Uber, getting our, you know, we got our, uh, got our bags, um, getting ready to go in. And there's just a guy standing kind of on the curb and he's got a purple hat, a purple shirt, purple shoes, purple socks pulled up to his knees and shorts. And he was a big guy and he was just standing there. And he was, from the time we got there, from when we went into the grocery store, got everything we needed, went right next door to the liquor store, got everything there and came out, he was still standing there. So I don't know if he's just like a drug dealer or just a weird dude that just hangs out outside of the grocery store, but it was kind of odd. And that on its own, obviously, is not the the most, you know, unusual thing. There's weirdos everywhere. But we went into the grocery store, and there was these this group of people. It was two youngish guys and uh, and a woman, and the two guys um, were not teenagers, but they were wearing pajama pants and like big t-shirts in public. And I was like, these guys look kind of weird. And then I saw them like running together, like both jogging down like from one end to the store to the other, and. I mean, you don't really run in a grocery store unless you're, unless you like forget something and you're like right in line about to check in, then, you know, check in, check out. Why is it check in when you're leaving? I mean, it's not, holy shit. It's like the worst fucking tangent ever. 
Anyway, look. These guys were weird, and then I saw one of them reach into his pants. Um, real possibility there was no underwear. Scratch slash adjust himself, take his hand out of his pants, and then just slap a box of cereal. Um, which um, is, uh, you know, uh, a nightmare. That's 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 horrifying. That's fucking crazy. Not to mention, you know, in the post-COVID landscape where we all spent two years washing our fucking hands and disinfecting them. I mean, you know, I guess you know, I guess some people just are who they are, you know. But I got real strong like meth head vibes from them. Like they just had kind of a fucked up energy. Um, and then when we went to check out and pay, they were in front of us. And I'm not going to exaggerate when I say I might be understating the amount of bread that they were buying when I say they were buying 15 loaves of bread. They bought more bread than I've seen in one place outside of a bakery. Like piled high. Like literally, it could have been 20 loaves of bread. And I don't know if there's like a way that you can make meth out of bread, but that to me is the only thing that would make any sort of sense. Um, just very fucking unusual. Um, and then we went to the liquor store next door and as we're walking there, this, another big dude just walked super fast and super close between my girlfriend and the wall. Like there was space enough for like, I mean like, his the width of his body and he just cut the corner real quick and walked right by her and was like sorry and just walked into the liquor store and i was like at this point it's now that's three people within like 10 minutes that are really weird i was like what the fuck's going on by the way that guy worked there (laughs) so he just shot by her going into his work um and so we got in the uber and i was like to the driver i was like i know this might be a bit of a strange question but is this like a, is this like a weird area? And he's like, Spryfield? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty sketchy area. It's pretty, uh, a lot of sketchy people around here. I'm like, okay, that's good. That's good to know. We're so close to, uh, you know. I mean, I've seen the Trailer Park Boys. I, I, I've seen uh, maybe a dramatization of some of uh, Nova Scotia's finest. And, you know, maybe, maybe they're more... Uh, true to life than than we may have thought originally you know um and for dinner that night um we had pizza because pizza's you know pretty much the only thing that that i can consistently make the only problem was you know we're in there it's our first night in the airbnb still getting used to where everything is the only cheese grater i could find was like a little one i don't even really know what you'd use it for my girlfriend said maybe Parmesan, but it was like the size of a business card. It was honestly, the grater itself was smaller than a business card. So I grated like half a block of cheese just with that. It it uh, it was not fun. And uh, we'll, we'll come back to that in a little bit. But that was basically the end of day one. Just sort of got there, got groceries, settled in, went to bed. Day two... We went to the uh, Maritime Museum because, um, you know, 
Halifax is big. It's a it's big water. There are big uh, fishing and boats and and all that kind of jazz. So so we went to uh, the Maritime Museum partially because my girlfriend's dad wanted a, a Titanic uh, uh, souvenir, which we'll come back to. But the the most memorable thing for me was uh, there's a lot of information about the there was this big explosion in the Halifax Harbor in 1917 and basically there were two ships that collided one was called the Mont Blanc and one was called the Emo um, I, I am oh, it was not you know like a you know whatever Blackfell Brides cruise ship um, but the Mont Blanc was carrying supplies for the war and there was a quote from i guess the uh the captain or someone that radioed to the shore you know they collided ship catches fire and they radio saying we are all explosives so that's not good um it's uh it's not really what you want to hear so they abandon ship ship sort of you know keeps floating blows up and it's like a huge explosion it's um it was the biggest explosion in the world until hiroshima so that gives you a little context for for how fucking bad this was um it destroyed like a ton of buildings it blew out windows of buildings that were far away killed a ton of people maimed a lot of people as well um there was a whole section about how a lot of people wore fake eyes in the, that survived the explosion because they lost one or both of them. Oh, I guess probably just one though. I don't think you get glass eyes if you if you lose both your eyes. But I could be wrong about that. Um, I think I would just to unsettle people. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, another, you know, just to give you a sense of how big it was. Uh, part of the anchor that weighed eleven hundred pounds was found three kilometers away from the explosion. Um, so, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's just not, that's just chilling. <laughs> I mean, that's, every time I think about that, it scares the shit out of me. Um, one thing that was, I mean, this feels like a Cormac McCarthy quote, but they, they had like, the, they showed like a lot of different aspects of the, of the effects that the explosion had. So they showed um, the doctor's response to it. They showed, um you know, role women played with like, you know, helping in the aftermath. And they had a quote from this, uh, uh, reverend who said, if this was the work of God, I would tear off this clerical collar, which is quite a thing to say. That almost feels like, that almost feels like a threat. You know what I mean? Cause like, if you're a reverend, probably you believe in God, at least, you know, you know, for the sake of argument, it'd be kind of weird, you know, it'd be like if you were, a, you know, I was going to say if you were someone that if you opened a seafood restaurant, and didn't like seafood, but there's actually a lot of people that do that. So bad example, but it's, I almost imagined him saying that and then just looking up and being like, do you have anything to fucking say? You want to, you want to send me a sign here? You want to send me a you know, a dove or, or whatever the fuck you want to, all the bushes are already on fire. So if you try and communicate with me that way, it might be a little confusing, but do you have anything to say for yourself here, bud? I mean, 
Got awful quiet today. There's no clouds in the sky, so I feel like I'd be able to see anything you'd you'd want to you want to tell me. You know, it's just because usually, you know, usually the line is, "Oh, well, God works in mysterious ways," or you know, everything happens for a reason. But if he's like, "Listen, man, if you had anything to do with this, I'm fucking done. I'm putting in my two weeks, and I'm gonna go be a fisherman." I guess. Um, the other thing I guess that I noticed about the museum was um, there's a lot of spoons because there's been you know different wrecks and all kinds of things and a lot of spoons have been found from different periods in the water but it just means that there's multiple exhibits where it's this huge thing with like a whole bunch of writing and all it is is just like an old spoon just in the middle just this huge display around it, which is, um, uh, boring. It's very boring. And there was a, there was a big section on the Titanic and listen, maybe I'm an idiot. Um, but I had, I had no idea what the, what the Titanic has to do with Halifax. Even as I was in the exhibit, I was completely unsure. I, I started to to doubt myself, and I was like, "Was the Titanic a Canadian ship?" I don't think so. I mean, I feel like that had to be an American thing, right? Like, there's no way. Um, I, and honestly, even though I spent a lot of time in the exhibit, I'm still <laughs> I'm still not entirely sure. Um. I think it's just because a lot of the dead bodies washed up here and a lot of the survivors, not the survivors, a lot of the victims of the Titanic, um, you know, are buried in Halifax. Um, one other thing, this is the only other thing I'll say about this uh, museum, but there was a, they showed different things for like, this is what like the first class ate, the second class, third class. Here's information about like the first class, second class, third class kind of people, you know, some pictures. And for the one for the first class, they were talking about this family called the Baxters. The only thing I remember about it is that the son was named Quig. Q-U-I-G-G. That was his whole name. And I honestly, I think I'm going to bring that back. I think that's a, you know, I think that's a, that's a hell of a name. You don't hear many, you don't see many Quigs running around. Um, You know. And maybe, you know, maybe he was the last quig, you know, like Adolf. Not many, when he Adolf's running around these days. That's not nice to compare a victim of the Titanic to Hitler. It's not very nice at all. Um, <laughs> we also, on the outside, speaking of Hitler, I guess, um, <clears throat> on the outside, when you walk out of the museum, you're like on the waterfront and there's a couple ships, um, I was going to say parked in the harbor. I don't think that's the right word. I think you say docked. Um, and you could go, uh, like you could walk around them. And there was a U-boat hunter called the Sackville. And so we went on it. We're walking around. You can kind of go up onto the, you know, the not to be lewd, but the poop deck. You can go underneath. You can, you know, see all the guns. Um, but I was pretty distracted because there was this woman on the boat who had uh, 
the Joker's tattoos. And when I say that, I don't mean that she had a tattoo of the Joker. She didn't have a portrait of the Joker. You know, like, you know, people get tattoos of, like, Heath Ledger, and that's fine. People get tattoos of Jack Nicholson or the, the cartoon one. But she had some of Jared Leto's Joker tattoos. Specifically, the ha 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 tattooed on her chest. And I just found that very interesting because usually the Joker is like an, an icon for the fellas, you know? Like it's it's like if you saw, you know, a guy with, I don't know, I don't know what a good example is. I was going to say Dolly Parton, but it feels wrong to compare Dolly Parton to the Joker. Um, but it's just, you know, it's not that there's no fans. It just seems like it's more in the the purview of the of the male audience to be to be joker brained you know and live in a society um but yeah i don't remember much about the boat because i was just thinking about that also the fact that she was like three inches taller than me and of course i'm uh, six foot four so that's 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 quite a big uh it's quite a big lady um we then went for lunch in an irish pub uh i say in an irish pub it was outside of an irish pub which is significant uh, because we got pooped on by a bird. Uh, now I, okay. Uh, I might gag. So my girlfriend mainly got pooped on by a bird. God damn it. It's been a while since we've gagged on the show. I only did a little bit. Um, and then the food was fine. But we decided, you know, since, uh, you know, it's good. It's supposedly good luck. Let's let's buy some lottery tickets, um, and uh, so we did, and we um, well, we didn't win. Uh, I have to be honest. I really did start to think that I was going to win, and I was like, man, if I win seven million dollars, what am I going to do with it? Like, I don't know. Maybe I'll put like five million in savings, and then you know, a million to invest, and then a million just to you know pay off the debts of the people in my life i guess i don't know who knows right maybe i'll maybe i'll do maybe i'll you know allocate my millions in a different way speak to a fiduciary you know but that didn't happen so i'm uh i'm not a mogul yet i'm uh, i'm still building my media empire which can have a sip of my tea now in the afternoon, we went to an art gallery, the Nova Scotia Art Gallery, and it's smaller than Montreal's. Um, it was like much, much smaller. Um, and I'm not going to go through everything. I'm just going to give you kind of the highlights. Um, the first of which is there's a fucking house in the museum, and I'm being very literal. It was the house of an artist named Maud Lewis, who I'd never heard of, but she's a big deal in Nova Scotia because she painted Nova Scotia and she painted all over her house and like over the windows and the walls and the door. And she was working in like the 60s. Uh, she died in like 1969 or 1970. And then house was kind of run down. And then they eventually did like a, a restoration project where they brought it in piece by piece and restored everything, put it back together, and it's been in the museum since the late 90s. It was kind of neat, you know? 
just in a, a whole ass house in the middle of a museum. You don't see that every day, you know? I mean, hey, with the housing crisis, uh, maybe I can move in, right? <laughs> I'll tidy up the museum. Uh, the There was also a very small section of just ceramics. Um, the two that uh, were kind of notable is they had just a bunch of different mushrooms that were made out of ceramics, which were kind of neat. And then somebody made, uh, I think it was sort of like a serving dish, but it was a ceramic serving dish uh, of the Titanic. And it was actually really cool looking, but I did note that on the front, there were all these like stylized waves. So whoever did it chose to be like, well, you know, even though it's a ceramic, uh, this is going to be while it's sinking. Let's, let's not give it uh, more credit than it's due. It did sink. So let's not, <laughs> let's not pretend here. Um, now the, the last thing I'm going to mention is not, uh, very funny, but <laughs> it was probably the thing that I'm going to remember from the exhibit the most. And so it's not, um, it's, it, it wasn't so much the exhibit itself, but what it was about. So the exhibit itself was a room that was painted like on all the walls and it was kind of hard to make it at first, but it was all words. And it said, I think the sentence was, the life of citizen Arar. And they had a little booklet that sort of explained what it was about. And I sat and I read the whole booklet and it was... (sighs) So, it was about this person named Maher Arar, who uh, was born in Syria, came to Canada when he was uh, 17, Went to school here, worked here as a Canadian citizen. Um, and then he went to the States for business, had a layover in New York, and was detained at the airport. Um, it is pretty significant that you know that this was shortly after 9-11. And so being detained at an airport is not exactly a place you want to be. Now, I told you that he was born in Syria, but I also told you that he was a Canadian citizen and had lived and worked in Canada for quite some time. So they sent him back to Syria where he was um, imprisoned and tortured for about 10 months. Um, didn't, didn't do anything. He just was kind of associated with somebody who was sort of maybe involved in something, maybe. Um, But they didn't tell him why he was there. It was a pretty big shit show. So if you want to remind yourself what uh, post 9-11 U.S. was like, uh, look into his story because it's it's pretty fucking bone chilling. And uh, yeah, when I when I was reading it and I saw, oh, this was in whatever, like 2002 or something. I was like, oh, this is. This is this is going to be pretty upsetting, and it was. Um, and then after we went to the museum, we did sort of a. We just walked a little more. We walked all the way down the waterfront, and um, just to give some context on, on what Halifax is like, the downtown is very different from Montreal's. So Montreal, is like, Mad Max, at least in comparison. Montreal is basically, if you're a pedestrian, people are kind of trying to kill you. And if you're a driver, you don't look in your mirrors. You don't signal. You just look forward 
and you just drive where you're going to go. And if someone happens to be there, they'll stop. They have to stop. They'll honk at you, but that's fine because you were going to go there anyway, right? Um, you know, you got to run a red light, you run a red light. You got to, you know, ride someone's ass. You do that, you want to double park in the middle of the fucking street for no fucking reason when there's open spots that you could just pull into very easily. Yeah, go ahead. Downtown Halifax does not have stoplights like anywhere. It's like no red lights. It's all crosswalks. And they have like buttons you can press where it'll light up a sign that says someone's crossing. But you honestly don't even really need to use them because drivers will stop for you. From If you're from Montreal, what I just said might not make that much sense to you. Because I just said a driver will stop for you. Um, and I mean, in Montreal, I've, I've been, I've been passed when I'm stopped at a stop sign for like a second. So that doesn't make any sense. Um, but I'm very glad that I had experience just walking around first. So I could sort of get a sense of what the driving culture was like, because otherwise I would have been completely fucking lost and just (laughs) been an absolute menace to everybody in Halifax. Um, and I wouldn't even have Quebec plates to like, you know, show that that's why I'm being a, a fucking lunatic. Um, but on part of the, the waterfront, um, this is, that's just, I guess, context for later, maybe. Um, but so on the waterfront, they have like these hammocks that you can just lie down in. And there was this, uh, so my girlfriend lay down in it was, we're kind of just staying there talking, um, figuring out what we're going to do next. And I saw these two people walk up, um, sort of next to us like a little further off. I could kind of see them in my peripheral, but wasn't really paying attention to them. And then I hear this, I sort of feel like another person coming up. And I thought I was hallucinating. So I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you exactly what I heard when she was walking up. And if, if you can't make out what I'm saying, it, it's you don't have to go back. It's not a. It's not you. It's not your headphones. Just this is exactly what I heard. Uh, have you seen? Have you have you talked? Uh, have, see, uh, 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 I'm choking on myself. And I was like, okay, thank fucking god, because that first bit sounded like parcel tongue. You know, that sounded like some some. I thought I was in the red room for a second. You know. And but she just had a, a a thick ass Irish accent and was just being a stuttering muttering prick, you know. But she got a hold of herself and started talking, and I could finally understand what she was saying. They walked further up and then sat down, and then eventually my girlfriend and I continued on our walk down the the boardwalk. And at a certain point, we walked by them, and my girlfriend just turns to me and just goes, "Did you hear what she just said?" And I'm like, "No," and she's like. I'm pretty sure she just called you a fat bastard. (laughs) Which I wish, I really, I've decided she did. And I wish I heard her. Because the thought of walk, of of just being, like, sitting somewhere, seeing someone walk by and just go, oh, look at that fat bastard, out loud, when they're, like, a foot and a half away from you, is very funny to me. And I would have gotten a tick. I would have, tick, I would have been tickled by it severely. And I, I honestly would have gotten a picture with her because she'd be my personal hero for just 
an absolute fucking lunatic. Um, and then, uh, I think that's mostly it. We had dinner at a, another pub. It was fine. It was not great. It was fine. That's pub food. Um, so that's day two. Day three, we went to the Halifax Public Gardens, which is just a big uh, Victorian garden. It's free to enter. It's got flowers and plants and all kinds of stuff. Um, it looks kind of like if um, Downton Abbey and the town square from Gilmore Girls were mixed together. Um, we later learned that someone actually, a couple weeks before, had actually vandalized a lot of the trees, some of which are like, over a hundred years old and um like it's not like they spray painted their name on it or something and they seem to know what they were doing and cut bark in such a way that it could kill the trees um which is just weird you know like i don't know what message that sends especially since they didn't really have an explicit message you know like that almost makes it seem like someone that would just you know like when people, you know, oh, I used to work for a fossil fuel company and now I, I work, you know, to fight global warming. It's like, oh, I used to love nature, but now I'm an eco-terrorist, meaning I fucking hate the environment and I'm doing terrorism against the environment. Um, so, you know, I don't know what to say about that. But there were ducks just walking around, which is pretty neat. They're like not afraid of people. So they'll just like walk up next to you and... I don't know. I find ducks kind of funny looking. So it was a treat for me. Um, not much to say about them. It's a bunch of plants and shit, you know. Uh, for lunch, we walked back downtown and had uh, had lunch at a lobster shack. Um, and it was very good. It was very expensive. Um, but that's that's lobster rolls for you, I guess. We did have a, quite a few over the course of our trip. Um, that one was from Dave's. Um, in case you were wondering. And it was one of the best ones we had, if not the best. Um, then we kind of kept walking around. Uh, and we went to this... It's weird. Like, the Montreal has this as well, where there's laws against um, redoing the like facade of old buildings. So if you go to, like, old Montreal, there's, like, really old, obviously... Um, like the, the actual outside of the building is still like old, like from however long ago, but like the inside will be like, you know, uh, a booster juice. Um, so this was kind of the same thing, except it was a little bit more interesting where there was like a block of, I don't know if it used to be houses or, or something, but it was like this block of like old buildings that the inside, they put a mall in and they had a bunch of like touristy stores. One of them. Um, sold all kinds of weird stuff. Like, uh, they sold like weird matchbooks and like stuffed or like, uh, whatever plushy lobsters. And then in the corner, they had some, some NASA mugs, but they also had snow globes with Kim Jong-un's head in them, <laughs> which I mean, I, I, I don't even a little bit understand. I mean, I don't understand who would make it. I don't understand where they're being sold in a tourist store. What I do understand is that I bought one for my brother. So um, now he is a journalist. So there's a chance that one day the CIA will be investigating him, find the Kim Jong-un bobblehead and, uh, you know, disappear him, so to speak. Um, 
then we also uh, walked. Uh, we did a lot of walking on this trip, and I think I still gained like five pounds. Um, but we walked into more of a residential area of Halifax to go to this thrift store that um, I saw that had good reviews, but my girlfriend later scrolled down and saw there was a lot of bad reviews. And it was basically a hoarder's house. Um, it was just wall-to-wall stuff, just completely um, just a fucking disaster, honestly. Uh, was not worth the walk. Um, but we did just end up going to a, a coffee shop. And I ordered coffee from someone with the most, like, valley girl accent I've ever heard in my life. And also, I was I was so confused by her because I ordered an, an iced latte. And my understanding, I, I, listen, I'm not a big coffee guy. I don't know that much. I thought a latte had milk in it. Right? So I ordered, can I have an iced latte? And she's like, yeah, would you like room for dairy? And I said, yes, because I was like, oh, maybe, maybe I do the latte part, you know, maybe I do all of it. (laughs) So I was like, okay, yeah, sure. And then when she handed it to me, it was full up to the brim and it also had dairy. Like it was just a full latte, you know, it was just weird. I was very confused by the whole thing. So I don't know if she was just not paying attention or just like is used to asking everybody that, or you know if someone you know so I would like a latte with no milk. I don't know. I was just very confused. I was you know had already walked around all day, so I was a bit delirious myself. So we got our coffee, went to another place, got some European pastries, went home and had mac and cheese for dinner. Now I'm in that. Listen, I can't tell you how long it took for me to remember what we had for dinner. And that seems inconsequential, but this was a week ago. This was a vacation. And I was sitting here trying to remember what the fuck did we do? Like, do I forget the entire thing? And it just really threw me for a loop. Cause I think I might, I don't think I'm remembering anything in my life. I think I remember my childhood and then some of my teen years and then some of university for when I wasn't drunk and then just maybe bits and pieces for the past seven years. Anyway, so day four, (laughs) day four, we picked up our rental car um, and we rented it on this app called Truro. They're not a sponsor. They're probably going to make me bleep it if they ever hear this uh, to not be associated with my brand. But um, it's like Uber but instead of someone else driving you around, you just drive their car. And it worked out really well. Um, and, you know, we got to do the, you know, downtown. It's easier to walk around. You don't have to worry about parking if you don't have a car. But then when we had the car, we could go further out. So we went to Peggy's Cove, which is a, a big tourist attraction, most photographed uh, place in Canada. And it's a lighthouse. It's it's a lighthouse on some rocks. So, um, you know, people say Canada is boring, but well, there you have it. Uh, I think probably my favorite part, which seems, you know, maybe a little stupid or shallow were the warning signs. 
because it is dangerous. There is, it, you are on the ocean and um, the, the water can be pretty, you know, unpredictable and go up higher than you think. So if you're walking on the rocks, you got to be really careful. And there were two warning signs. There was a new one and there was one that was much older. I'm going to read them both to you and see if you can spot the difference. So this is the new one. It says danger, big letters. Death has occurred here. Sudden high waves happen without warning, even on calm days. Dark rocks are slippery. Stay far back. Rescue here is unlikely due to conditions. Don't take risks. Leave here alive. And then call 911 in case of emergency. So they're letting you know the danger. They're telling you what you should do, giving you, you know, solid advice, even saying, hey, if you're, I guess, not from Earth and you don't know to call 911, here's the number. <laughs> here's the number for 911. It's 911. Would you like the recipe for ice also? Now, that's on like a new sign, you know, it's got its own pole. It's like made out of whatever, some kind of polymer or something. And then there's an older sign that was just like, I guess, screwed into the rock. It's like a metal sign, just letters, nothing really fancy about it, no images. And this is this is this is what they said. Warning. Injury and death have rewarded careless sightseers here. The ocean and rocks are treacherous. Savor the sea from a distance. Now, I like the old one because the old one's kind of sarcastic. The old one's saying, hey, would you like a prize? Because you'll get a prize for being a fucking idiot around here. And that prize is you get to talk to, hey, you miss any dead relatives? Well, fuck around here. Go stand on the rocks and and dive in because you'll be rewarded with meeting your your grandparents you've never met because you're going to fucking die if you act like a goddamn moron. So, yeah, uh, I got a real kick out of that because it was a little mean, you know, and probably just hammered in by a guy who probably lost a couple limbs at sea and he was just like, yep, well, if you fucking die, you fucking die, you know? Uh, And then while we were there, we had another lobster roll and from the same lobster shack, I was able to get some Super Kid ice cream. Which, if you don't know what Super Kid ice cream is, get your fucking life together. Uh, then we drove back so we could go canoeing, uh, which we'd booked, but it was canceled due to wind. Uh, so we rebooked it for Thursday and went to a beach instead. Um, and the water was freezing fucking cold i literally felt like my balls were gonna come off were gonna come off my body they were so numb like they were so numb i was like i don't know if i can stay in the water i think i'm losing children by the second um (laughs) a couple years ago i think i may have I, i might have made some real real unchill jokes in this section but we're just gonna move on um speaking of unchill while we were driving to the beach uh got to this point where there was kind of it was like a t intersection so we could either go left or right and that's because there was a like a lake in front of us and you could see across the lake there was a little little uh maybe let's call it a compound 
that had a pirate flag and also a confederate flag uh which you don't see very often especially not in canada you know because like when they say the north and south like all of the u.s is the south to us we're the most north so you know having a confederate flag is a little uh you know i mean you know what maybe they're expats or you know immigrants you know expat's a very funny word (laughs) okay we're not getting into that let's not get let's not get too political here uh but after the beach came home um i made myself uh another pizza because i had eaten all of mine the day before or the previous time we had it and my girlfriend had her leftovers but i had to use the small grater again to which was just not the best it was really fucking annoying there's not really a good technique for it i got to a point where i could kind of do it decently well but it was still a chore um but anyway uh the next day we went uh tidal bore rafting uh and basically what that is so the guy the guide said that this was the only place in the world where you can do this i'm not sure if that's true i'm just telling you what he told me i've not looked into it basically sort of in the this part of um the bay of fundy and you know where it sort of connects to the ocean the tide changes directions uh, about six times a day so what you can do with this company and others like it is you get into like a zodiac which is like a little i guess inflatable boat with a motor and you kind of go you know upstream or downstream and then once you get to the end, when the tide changes directions, um, there's like, when we got, so when we got to the end, there were all these like sandbars, like these huge sandbars you could walk on in the middle of the river. And when the tide changes directions, the water sort of laps up against them. And as the water level rises, bigger and bigger waves start to form. So you're kind of riding on the waves. So it's like whitewater rafting, but you don't really have to raft. Actually, you don't have to raft at all. You just sit there while someone drives the boat for you, and you just rock in the waves. And it was fun. Uh, But, um, yeah, I mean, some people fell in, which I thought was pretty cool. Our our guide was a little... I like to think she's being a little sarcastic or a little, uh, I guess, condescending towards them. Because I asked if people fall in very often and she's like, um, not too often. I mean, some people fell in last week, but there was when there was a, a full moon. So the tide, so the waves were a lot more intense, you know, usually it's more when the it's things are more intense that people fall out than, than this. And like, we even had like a, whatever, like an eight or nine year old kid in our boat and he was fine. Uh, his dad did have a Halifax tattoo on the side of his head. So a bit less fine, but who am I to judge, you know? Um, and so it was really fun. And if you're, you know, in the area for whatever reason, it's worth a trip. Um, and, uh, we ended up going to a Mexican restaurant for dinner, which was, uh, delicious, had some beverages. Then, uh, we went to a pretty insane candy store. Um, like when we went in, I kind of felt my heart flutter, you know? 
because it was just like it's got bulk candy, it's got weird candies, it's got like stuff from overseas, it's got all kinds of goofy shit. Uh, I got some uh, One Piece brand beverages um, that were um, like not quite pop, but not quite just sparkling water. Um, there was like a um, what's it called? Like a tropical flavor, a mango flavor, and a yogurt flavor. All of them are delicious. Um, I also bought some like bulk candy, which I just finished today. And then they had all kinds of pickle stuff at the front. So I bought my sister a pickle freezy, um, which I guess is just pickle juice in a, <laughs> in a bag. Cause there's no sugar added. So I think it's just pickle juice that you freeze. Um, then that was, I mean, maybe the highlight of the trip for me. Who knows? Uh, the next day, uh, we went canoeing in the morning to, you know, to make up for the, the one that we missed. And when I say that we went canoeing, we did and we didn't. Because uh, it was pretty fucked. So, um, as you may or may not know, uh, I'm a fatter gentleman. Um, and the kid that was in charge of, uh, you know, renting the stuff out to us, I think it may have been his first day, honestly. Um, and he was like a teenager and one, he didn't know which side was the front of the canoe, but two, he also gave us a really small, narrow canoe. Um, so when we both fully got in, it was real tippy, just trying to sit still. Um, it was like trying to balance a cinder block on some fishing line. It was just not, just not going to (laughs) happen. Like we were going to capsize for sure. Um, so then we swapped out for a bigger canoe, which was better, but then we ended up, uh, like he gave us like this route to follow. And he's like, if you go follow the coastline here, you'll come back, take you about two hours, which is what we wanted to do. Uh, and we went out, you know, followed the coastline but anytime we got to somewhere where the water was a little bit deep it would get real tippy and we'd get real close to capsizing so we sort of went back and forth a little bit and then just went back did about an hour um and then we just decided to go to a a different beach and and collect some seashells and sea glass (laughs) which was a little bit more my speed um then on the way back we got some ice cream um, which I wanted to do because uh, there's a kind of ice cream in Nova Scotia called Moon Mist, which um, is basically Super Kid, but instead of uh, strawberry, there's grape flavor. And I was quite uh, quite excited about that. And I was not going to leave Halifax without trying it. I did. got it from a convenience store called Now We're Convenient. And it was delicious. And I would have liked to bring some back with me, but uh, ice cream is not the doesn't really travel all that well. Um, then uh, that afternoon we went to the Citadel, which is uh, it's like a it's like a fort, the very the highest point in Halifax. Uh, I'm not gonna really, uh, you know, get into all the details because we did learn a lot about it. It's kind of boring, but basically. It's kind of a weird shape. It's like, uh, it's got a lot of angles um, because they designed it 
so that unlike castle, it's got all like, you know, four straight walls. It's a lot of blind spots where if people get really close, you can't really see them. You can't shoot them. Can't do anything. So they built it so that they can have cannons like at all angles. So there's not really anywhere to hide. And they also dug it down into the top of the hill so that one, they can have a big, like, uh, not a moat, but a big ditch between, um, you know, the walls and the hill. But also they put the fort itself, like the main building, lower down. So basically, if you were to try and attack it, once you got up to the top of the hill, you'd only see the ramparts. So you'd only see where the cannons are. So it's not like you can attack the walls directly or attack like the building behind it directly. You'd have to get close enough to go down and then attack the the walls. Um, so at the time, it was like the most expensive uh, fort to build. Um, and it was, there's all kinds of stuff about the history of Halifax as like a military, um, stronghold and oh, in the early 20th century, Halifax or, uh, you know, the, got rid of the British, uh, Navy and Canadians took over boring. Uh, <laughs> uh, they also made a point to say that it was never attacked. Uh, the fort was never attacked. Um, and I don't mean to be a dick. Right, but that's not that. Um, that's not that impressive to me, you know. Like if they said it was attacked, but it was never captured, that's very impressive because that says they were attacked and the they held the fort. But to say that it was never attacked, like, like neither neither was Wyoming, right? It's like saying my house was never attacked in the war in Afghanistan. It's like, yeah, well, what if it was? <laughs> you know, it's kind of, <laughs> you're not saying much. The fucking moon has never been invaded. Well, it's never been attacked that we know of by earthlings. Um, weird, uh, weird tangent, I know. Uh, there was also an army museum portion that showed uh, weapons from, or, you know, weapons and um, equipment from World War One through World War Two, and then uh, a little bit from Afghanistan. Um, but um, pretty embarrassing to admit, I was kind of just looking for for the guns I've used in, in Call of Duty. Um, and I found a lot of them. So that's, that's uh, you know, it's a lot of, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, veterans who are just, I mean, I don't think there's a lot of veterans who listen, but if they are, they're probably shaking their head right now, you know. Instead of being drafted, I just ate Doritos and and killed other people eating Doritos while sitting on a couch. So uh, that's the Citadel, one of the most uh, historical and important landmarks in Halifax, and and that's that's all I've got to say about it. So there you go. Uh, we then went to the King of Donair, uh, which I believe is the original Donair place in Halifax. Um, it was good. It was a little weird because uh, a donair. If you're like, what's a donair? It's a euro, a gyro. It's 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 meat wrapped in like flatbread. Um, but it's a specific kind of meat. It also just has tomatoes and onions, and it has donair sauce, which is a lot sweeter than I was expecting. Um, and they had all kinds of pictures of like the Trailer Park Boys and. Uh, 
and uh, like Anthony Bourdain and Maddie Matheson. It's one of those places where, you know, all kinds of celebrities show up and then, you know, they're now involved. Um, and I bought some sauce for my dad. And what I appreciated, this made it feel like, you know, this is like my version of farm to table. But you can buy a bottle of the sauce. But it's not like you buy like a pre-made bottle like out of the fridge. I asked for a bottle and then the guy took an empty bottle and then filled it from the big bottle that they used to act to make the donairs. Which, you know, that's that's something. That's uh that made me feel good, you know? Um what did not make me feel good, um is uh, we dropped the car off, the rental car off, because it was the last day that we had it. And, uh, you know, I was just going through making sure we got everything. Uh, I asked my girlfriend, I said, did you get everything out of the trunk? She said, yeah. I was in, it was an SUV. It was a, a Hyundai Santa Fe uh, for you car guys. And so I was just like, okay, I'll just double check. And I opened the trunk, lifted it up, like, quickly, just to see if there was anything left. There wasn't. So I closed it and um, I closed it onto my girlfriend's head. Um, now, I don't know if you've ever accidentally hurt your girlfriend, um, but it sucks. It's a bad feeling. There, There's like, there are a few worse feelings. It's like that feeling you get, like if you're ever telling a story like in high school and you're like brandishing your or not brandishing, if you're uh, gesticulating and you like accidentally like hit somebody that you don't know, like you just whack them as they're going by. It's like that feeling, but times like 60. I felt so fucking bad. And we'd also decided that we were going to walk from where we dropped it off back to downtown, which was like an hour, you know, just to see the city and kind of, you know, get some steps in. So I, I, I slammed her head with a with the trunk and then and then we had to go for a long walk and I felt very bad and she's fine by the way she's totally fine um but I still feel bad and now uh and now uh I've bummed myself out well <laughs> fuck it let's let's move on let's, let's move on uh so anyway, uh, what the fuck am I, I think I completely threw myself off here anyway. So whatever for dinner, we, uh, we went for, uh, went to this place called the stubborn goat and I had a wood fire oven pizza that had bacon and avocado on it, which was, uh, actually really good surprisingly which i don't know if that's because i'm a millennial that i liked it but it was top notch um now for our last full day which i just in my in my show notes i lumped in with this one which is why i was confused but i guess that would be day seven and our last day would technically be day eight um which is you know why i'm having a tough time here but we um <clears throat> We went to, uh, so that's it for that day, for day seven, I guess. We decided to go for a, a fancy lunch. So it was our last day, you know, last full day. And uh, some some friends of mine, shout out to Patrick and Katie, 
uh, were in Halifax sort of the week before us. And they went to this restaurant. They said it was very good. Best dining experience ever. And so we went. And I will say that the food was very good. It was delicious. It was impeccable. But we our waitress was very intense. Like, like maximum level smile and direct eye contact. So like very, not just like, hey, how's it going? It's like, hi, how are you today? Are you doing okay? Can I start you off with some drinks? And and she would also kind of like talk as if she was being very bashful. So like we got gelato for dessert and uh, uh, well, she got gelato. I got sorbet or or gelati and sorbetti if you're if you're being you know uh, uh fancy with it i guess but she walked up and she was like didn't you enjoy the gelati and the sorbetti and i'm like yeah i'm not enjoying this but i did enjoy that so yeah that was uh that was uh all in all not the best dining experience but a very good dining experience uh and then we decided to take the ferry to Dartmouth because uh, it was free that day. And, you know, everyone, uh, you know, you got to go, got to go check it out. Um, and it, it just kind of had fucked vibes to be honest. We didn't stay very long. Um, like, I think it's probably fine, like a fine place to be, but it's not, there's not a lot for tourists, you know? So like to give you, like a Montreal reference for you locals. It's like you go to downtown Montreal, there's all kinds of things to do, all kinds of neat things to see. But then you decide to go check out like, I don't know, Point Claire. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with Point Claire. It's fine. It's a fine place to live. There are things to do. But as a tourist, it's kind of like, eh, there's, there's not that, not that much good stuff here. And as we were walking by, a guy did hawk a massive loogie, which I thought was very charming. Um, I think probably the only thing to really do in Dartmouth is go find Trailer Park Boys filming locations, which uh, we didn't do because, you know, if I want to see the locations, I'll just watch the show because normally there's not anything interesting going on there, right? Because Trailer Park Boys aren't there. Um, Now, you may have noticed... That I've made mention multiple times now about the little cheese grater. And, you know, throughout the trip, we're talking about, like, why doesn't she have a cheese grater? Like, it seems like such a basic thing. Why would you even have just a small one? It seems weird. Like, I feel like you'd either have none or, like, a real one. And also throughout this trip, um, you know, a lot of our evenings were spent sitting uh, on our balcony because the Airbnb was like right in the water and it was, you know, overlooking Halifax and, and the ocean. So we'd go out, we'd sit play cards and my girlfriend would have like, you know, a little snack. She'd put like, you know, a little bit of popcorn, a little bit of, you know, crackers in this little like weird plastic, like maybe like a Tupperware kind of thing. But I didn't really know what it was and I didn't know where she was getting it. And I guess, like, throughout most of the trip, like, I would wash the dishes, leave them to dry. And I guess she always put it away or or something. I don't know. I never put it away. And then this, 
the, I think it was the night before when I was doing dishes on So on Thursday night, I washed it and I dried it. I'm like, I wonder where this goes. And I went and I opened up the cabinet where like the plates were kept. And I saw there were three lids that fit this little, this little Tupperware. There's one that was just like a regular Tupperware lid. And then the two others were lids. They were cheese graters. <laughs> just big old cheese graters, you know? So I, I, I you know, I, I, when my girlfriend woke up, I was like, hey, you know that little plastic container you've been using for this whole trip? She's like, yeah. I'm like, you never noticed that it was, that when you put it back, it was sitting on top of two cheese grater lids? She's like, oh, no, I didn't notice. <laughs> uh, so I finally, on my last uh, pizza-making endeavor, I got to splurge and uh, use an actual fucking cheese grater instead of, you know, essentially just trying to peel it off piece by piece, you know? Um, now, the next day, on the day that we were leaving... It was a little bit, um, it sort of sucked because we had to check out at 11, but our flight was only at four and we're kind of in the middle of nowhere and don't have anywhere to put our bags. So the person who ran the Airbnb said we could leave them. She lives in like floor below us. So we just left them with her. Uh, and then we went for a little hike to go to this pond, um, that was nearby. And she told us about just have a little lunch, you know, kill time until we could, Uber to the airport because the airport was also in the middle of nowhere. So it's not like we could go check in our bags and then go out and do more stuff. It's like, you know, once you're there, you're there. And this, it was a bit of a hike. It was like 15, 20 minute hike and felt like we were the only people for like miles. But (laughs) while we were sitting on this little log, just eating, I heard my girlfriend go, Oh, hello. And I turned my head. I was expecting to see like a little squirrel or a little chipmunk, or like even a bird or something, and it was just a dog, like a big dog, and I was like, what What the fuck, and it was this older couple that came by, that, I mean, who knows, maybe they're originally planning on skinny dipping, uh, you know, in this secluded kind of pond, um, but they were there to swim, so they went down, and they, you know, jumped in the water, they're hanging out with their dog, I was like, that seems fun, you know, that's kind of neat, uh, and then another couple came through, did not say hi. And like the older couple and they went swimming too. And it's like, it's just weird. Cause it's, it feels like it's so far out of the way and so deep in the woods, but just everyone's coming to hang out, you know? So just, uh, kind of a weird last little bit at the, uh, of the old trip. And I ate a whole box of, or not a whole box, but I ate a shit ton of wheat thins because we didn't want to bring them to the airport. And I don't know if you've ever eaten, tried to eat a bunch of wheat thins at once with not very much water. It's tough. It's not, uh, it's not easy at all. You get real gummed up. Uh, but eventually I did, of course, because, uh, you know, I finished what I start. And then we made our way to the airport, which was pretty uneventful. It was way more chill than in Montreal, where they're constantly yelling, you know, Everyone's just kind of taking it easy because it's Halifax, you know? There's not much going on. Uh, now, when we got back to Montreal, uh, 
Well, we did a lot of walking throughout the trip, which was good. But when we were walking outside to get to the pickup area, um, I sort of like pulled a muscle in my leg, <laughs> which is very embarrassing to just do when you're walking. Like it wasn't on our hike. I wasn't doing anything physical. I was just walking. And I guess I stepped kind of weird and just pulled it. So that felt bad. Um, and I think also, again, not exaggerating, in the 15-ish minutes we waited to get picked up uh, outside the airport, I'm pretty sure I heard, I don't know, three or four times the amount of honks that I heard in the entire trip. Like, nobody honked in Halifax. There's no need to because everybody just drives like they're a person that knows how to drive. They learned how to drive at some point, you know? So that was a nice welcome back to Montreal to just get constant road rage, pull a leg in my muscle, pull a leg in my muscle, pull a muscle in my leg. And, uh, you know, that's all she fucking wrote. Uh, so that was my trip. Uh, hopefully that came across kind of interesting. It was, if not, it was way more interesting and fun than I, uh, than I made it seem. Uh, so next week we'll get back to our regularly scheduled programming of just, you know, nonsense and drivel. Uh, I guess the, my evaluation of Halifax is it's, uh, it's a good walking city. It is very touristy. Uh, but overall, uh, it's a fun place to be, you know, good vibes, good vibes only. Saw two dudes who were like metalhead emo looking motherfuckers that, sat and listened to metal while they fished off the pier, which I thought was charming. Um, so, you know, if you're looking for a place to go, uh, go to Halifax. Tell them I sent you. Maybe we'll get them to sponsor uh, the podcast, unlike the great nation of Nauru, who followed me on Instagram, but uh, has not reached out since. So, you know, maybe they listen to the episode and they're like, this is not that complimentary. Okay, well... Uh, that's going to be it for this week's episode, folks. Uh, I'm, uh, you know, I guess since this is a a weight loss podcast, I am trying to go back to the gym like very consistently now because I did take a little bit off. Um, did do a lot of walking, but you know, gotta, gotta really get back into it and not just, you know, kind of wing it. So, uh, I went, if you know, in my defense, I went to the gym the day after I got back. So already on kind of the right track so anyway that's it for this week uh as always you can follow me on instagram at accessfully underscore caucasian or you can send me a little email at downsizingpod at gmail.com tune in next week uh you know to see if it's another uh, little pervert episode like last week <laughs> oh the year was 1778 how i wish i was in sherbrooke now a letter of mark came from the king to the scummiest vessel I've ever seen. God damn them all. I was told we'd cruise the seas for American gold. We'd fire no guns, shed no tears. Now I'm a broken man on a Halifax pier, the last of Barrett's privateers. Oh, well, Sid Barrett cried the tongue. How I wish I was in Sherbrooke now. 
For twenty brave men, all fishermen, who would make for him the antelope's crew. God damn them all. I was told we'd cruise the seas for American gold. We'd fire no guns, shed no tears. Now I'm a broken man on a Halifax pier, the last of Barrett's privateers. The antelope sloop was a sickening sight. How I wish I was in Sherbrooke now. She'd a list to the port and her sails in rags and the cook in the scuppers with the staggers and jags. God damn them all. I was told we'd cruise the seas for American gold. We'd fire no guns, shed no 